morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Searched my heart as to uh, what to share with you. I didn't necessarily have a series to begin this morning, and so I really was just kind of chewing on it and just searching my heart as to what the Lord would would share. And I find it so ironic just how God puts things together because so much of of what we were singing about this morning really touches the heart of what I want to share with you this morning. And so we'll get to that in in just a moment. But just to get started, I just want to <laughs> I guess just. Uh, be a little transparent with you and I guess with myself in front of the world and God, I guess, you know. Uh, if you've been around for any length of time, uh, there's been a series of times where I've said, you know, Monday's coming and <laughs> Monday means I'm going to get back into exercising and getting in shape. And uh, Mondays have been like a 10-year stretch of Mondays. It's Monday. <laughs> Can anybody relate to what I'm talking about? You always think a Monday's coming and I'm going to get my act together on Monday. And man, I tell you what, there's been a number of Mondays that have come and gone. And so this past week, uh, you know, I, in fact, just to, again, be transparent with you, at the beginning of the year, uh, they had this special at the gym where it was just a dollar down and $10 a month. And I'm like, man, I can't pass that up. I'm going to get me a membership. And so uh, it's been over a month and I've had a membership. <laughs> and then like... My wife says, you used that membership yet? And I'm like, nope, I haven't. She goes, well, it's good to see you bought your little fancy water bottle. I'm like, yep, praise the Lord. And then I got my gym bag together, and I got me a little padlock on there. She goes, I see you got your little padlock on there. She goes, you going to the gym yet? I'm like, nope, I haven't gone to the gym yet. Well, I got my so this past week, uh, Chuck, he was here working with me in the evening. We were doing some painting. And so he had... He had <laughs> Yeah, thanks for Chuck. So he says to me, he says, hey, listen, he says, Monday, he says, you want to go to the gym after we uh, do some work at the church? And I'm like, sure. So I'd been here all day long, and I'd been at, you know, uh, doing some things, and then he came, and we started working and painting, and so it was probably like 8 o'clock at night, and I'm like, man, I'm getting tired. And he's like, why are we going to go to the gym? And I'm like, shut up, Chuck. I mean, (laughs) mean, everything in me, I'm like, I don't want to go to the gym. I'm tired, and I'm thinking, you know what? It's Monday, and if I don't go today, it's just going to be another day. And so I said, okay, Chuck. I said, I'll go. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to get on the treadmill, and I got there, and Chuck was beside me. And, you know, Chuck's a few years younger than me, and, you know, I've always prided myself to, you know, be kind of this in shape kind of guy and I found out that I was really out of shape you know Chuck he's just zipping along and I'm like <laughs> you know trying to keep up with him and uh you know and then I turned my treadmill off and he stops and says you know you don't have to stop he said no I'll, just, oh, I'll, I'll keep up what do you want to do and I'm like no Chuck just do your thing man <laughs> you're making me work too hard you know so anyways I, I, I went to the gym but the interesting thing about it is there's a couple things that I took away from that as I just started working out again. One, in terms of going to the gym and and taking the initiative, there's growing pains. Can anybody relate to that? I said there's growing pains that come as a result of stretching yourself. And I hadn't stretched myself in probably 20 years. And then I stretched myself. 
I mean, it wasn't very far, but I stretched myself, you know what I mean? And the funny thing is, is that the next day, I'm like, you know, I'm kind of sore, but I'm all right. I, you know, I'm feeling kind of good. Night number two, I woke up in the middle of the night with Charlie horses. I'm like, ah! You know, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is this? In fact, I thought I slept, on, slept wrong or something. I mean, I am hurting. And so the next day, I mean, I'm feeling good. And then Chuck says, you ready to go to the gym again? I'm like, yeah, Chuck, let's do it, man. Come on. <laughs> so we go to the gym. Now, here's what I found out. That just the second time going back to the gym, it was easier. There was a want to, because like, I actually feel good. The, the pain is a nice pain. I haven't felt that pain in a long time. I'm alive, praise the Lord. But then when I got on the treadmill, I went almost as twice as far as I did a couple days earlier. So just in a matter of a couple days, I built some endurance up. And I'm like, Praise the Lord. So I upped it, you know, trying to keep up with Chuck again. And it finally got to the point where I had to turn the thing off. <laughs> I can't do this no more. But I did better, and I went further, right? And so there's something about stretching yourself, right? There's something about pushing yourself against what is opposing you. And I don't know if you realize it or not, but God desires for us to be healthy and get healthy as people. Amen. He desires for every single one of us to be healthy. And first and foremost, what I'm, I'm referring to is he wants his church to be a healthy church, spiritually speaking. And as a result of me going to the gym, the reason I went to the gym is because I'm looking in the mirror and I'm saying, that's not the picture that I want to see. I want to see a different picture. And so as I look in the mirror, there is a picture that is in my mind, and there is a conviction that fuels me of what could be, but also what should be, right? And so God will begin to put a picture on the inside of you of what healthy looks like, what could be, and what should be. But the thing about it is, is that it doesn't happen by itself, You've got to face some obstacles in your life. You've got to push yourself through some things in order to get to that place of where God desires for us to be, right? And in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love them. Notice what it says again. Eye is not seen, ear is not heard, or entered even into the heart of man. Meaning that you can't conceive how big it is, how grand it is, how great it is, the things that God has prepared for us. It's awesome. But then in Ephesians chapter 1, the Bible says this. He says, I pray that your eyes would be open, that you would see all the goodness of God and the things that he desires for you. So in other words, you haven't been able to conceive it as of yet. Your finite pea brain can't even begin to grab hold of, of how good God wants you to live this life. But he says, you know what? If you'll allow me to paint the picture on the inside of you, if you let me begin to love on you, if you let me begin to share with you, you will begin to see the picture of not only what could be, but what should be, and you'll have a conviction that fuels you to move forward into the things that God desires. Because the whole reason that Jesus came, just as I mentioned earlier, that you might have life and life more abundantly in quality and quantity. He says, this is what I came for. Not just eternal life, but that you would have an awesome, terrific life. 
There's probably several of you in here right now that as you've come in today, you are carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. I don't believe it's by chance that you're here this morning. God wants you to know that He loves you and the things that you have dreamt about but have let the dream slip by, God wants you to know that that was birthed by Him. It wasn't just the whim of a child. It was something that He put in your heart and it was something that He desires for you. So don't let it die or don't let it lie dormant. Stir it up and begin to allow God to paint the picture of what could be and what should be. Amen? There's more to experience in this life. And God will give us a glimpse of His heart. Why does He give us a glimpse of these things? He gives us a glimpse so that we can get excited. He gives us a glimpse so that we can begin to have hope in a future. Not just for the eternal life, but this life here on this earth. He gives us a glimpse of His heart so that we can begin to grow in faith. And that we can begin to have a hunger for those things. How many of you know what it is to get hungry for something? You know, you're at work and you're thinking, man, I'm craving some ooey gooey cheesy pizza, you know, and you've been thinking about it all day long. You know what I mean? In fact, I was talking with some people the other day and and we were talking about sushi. And I hadn't had sushi in a long time. And so just talking about it was giving me just the, the hankering to go get some sushi. And so I went down to Sagano's by myself. My wife says, do you mind doing that? I said, I don't care. I just go by myself and I enjoy the food, man. I was hungry for some sushi. And I got there. And they were closing at 2. And I got there like at 10 to 2. And I said, oh, man, I didn't realize you were, you, you were closing down. I'll just come back. And she goes, oh, no, come on. You're welcome. You're welcome here. And so I came in and I just had sushi because I was hungry for sushi. Amen. And one of the things that I crave about sushi is the wasabi. You know what I mean? When you take a bite of that wasabi and it hits your brain, you're like, whoa, come on. You know what I mean? And that's what God desires for us to paint a picture on the inside of you, to let you know his desire so that when it hits your heart and hits your head, you're like, wow, man, it's awesome. Are you getting it? He wants you to know how much he has in store for you. And when I was a young man, and I got my life turned around, you know, uh, my parents would tell you, you know, I, I had that stint of time where my dad is scratching his head, and I can remember one particular night, Dad said to me, he says, why do you, why do, you do the things you do? I'm like, I don't know, Dad. He says, well, we don't do those things, so why do you do those things? I said, I don't know, Dad. But there was a time when God got a hold of my heart and started to paint a picture on the inside of me of what he called me to and what was in me. And I started getting hungry for God. And I can remember there was a time where, man, I said, God, I just want to go up in my room. And I'm setting an appointment, a date night with you. And I just want to fellowship with you. And I'd go up in my room. And, man, I'd be watching the clock saying, I can't wait till 9 o'clock because I'm going to hang out with God. And I would get up in my room. And I'll never forget this one particular night. I'd been doing it for a series of a few nights. And I got up in there and I said, God, I said, I want an encounter with you, and I'm not leaving this room until I have an encounter with you. And so I just began to worship God. And I remember I was sitting in my chair at my desk, and I'm just worshiping God. And God showed up, and he filled the room, and God sat on me. And when I say sat on me, I'm talking about the weightiness and the heaviness of God. I mean, it was so tangible. 
I mean, I was just weeping in the presence of God. And the only way that I can describe it, have you ever seen those, have you ever seen those astronaut testing uh, movies where they put them in the thing that spins around and you see the astronaut and their face is plastered because they're, they're going so fast around because of the weight of the G's, you know what I'm talking about? That's how I felt. It was like, oh, this is the weightiness of God. And I, I mean, I am just weeping in his presence. And it changed me. And because I had that experience with God, it made me hungry to know him in a tangible way, a real way. You see, there is a supernatural life that God desires for us to experience with God. And when I say supernatural, I don't mean spooky, kooky, and weird. I'm talking about a natural life that is super when you know God. It's a real relationship with a living God. I remember one time I was going to a meeting. It was down in Indianapolis, Indiana. And when I was purposing to go down there, I said, God, I'm going down here for a reason. I said, I'm a part of the meeting. I said, but man, I want to have an encounter with you. And so I fasted the whole week. I mean, I just didn't eat nothing. I fasted. I prayed. I'm like, God, I'm, I'm just going after you. And the meeting was amazing. But it wasn't until I got home. Or as I'm on my way home, rather. It was like 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm driving down I-69. I'm getting close to probably the, the Perry area coming from that way. If I'm coming from the west, you understand if you know that area. So I was in the Perry area on uh, I-69. And all of a sudden, in the midst of my car, Jesus showed up. And at the time, I was having, for the lack of a better word and lack of going into a long story, a panic attack. My stomach was just in knots. And I was having a panic attack. And all of a sudden, I saw Jesus sitting next to me. And the reason I know that I see Jesus sitting next to me or, or how I remember it is if you recall back in those days, at least back in the, 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 the 90s, on your dashboard, and it might still be that way, but the, the, digital, the digital face of your radio was like blue. And so Jesus' garment was uh, uh, illuminated in this bluish glow. And then he reached over and he put his hand on my stomach and said, Peace, be still. And immediately all the anxiety left me. And I was totally free and I've been free ever since that particular day of having an encounter with him. And what does those encounters do? It makes you hungry. It gives you hope that God is real, that he's ever with you, and he desires to be with you and to be known by you. That's the whole reason, is that he wants you to experience a tangible relationship with God. Amen? But whenever God is taking you on this journey, he's always going to take you beyond yourself. How many of you know that we can play it safe in life? And you can play it safe with God. God, I don't want to get too fanatical. I don't want to get too radical. People might think I'm one of them. If you're a child of God, you're one of them, right? Amen. I remember when I was just a little boy, it was the first NFL game that I went to. We went to see the Detroit Lions playing the Pittsburgh, or not the Pittsburgh Steelers, but the Green Bay Packers at the, the, the Pontiac Silverdome. Anybody ever go to the Silverdome before? And so we were up on the, the top deck there. And my uncle, he's just a couple, more, a couple years older than I am. And so we're walking along the rail on the edge of the upper deck. And if you're up there, I mean, you can feel that you're way up there. And so I think my uncle was maybe 11 or 12 at the time. And so everybody's like looking over the edge as we're walking by. He's hanging onto the rail, leaning away from the rail as he's walking through there. Because he's like, whoo, this is scary. 
And that's how many times Christians live their existence with God. God saying, come on over to the edge. Come step over. Let's, let me show you everything that is available to you. And we're saying, okay, God, this is as far as I want to get. That's a little nerve-wracking over there. You see, God is always endeavoring to take us to that next level, take us to that next place. And so oftentimes, it can seem like this huge giant in our life. It's too big. It's too much. God, I don't want to go there. But God's saying, will you face your giant? Will you face your fear? Will you just allow me to take you to a place of you knowing me personally? There's a tangibility of knowing who I am, walking with me, and seeing the promises that I have for you in your life. Amen. How many of you want that? He doesn't want us just to walk up to the line. He wants us to take the step beyond the line. Did you hear me? There's this line that's safe. And so many of us step up to the line. We get to that point. We get our toes on the line. And God says, just take another step. Just take another step. And we're like, I don't know, God. But on the other side of that step is all the goodness and the promise of God's desire for your life. And it isn't until we take that step, face the giants in our lives, that we don't ever truly begin to experience that. If you have your Bibles, turn over to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. This might be a familiar passage of Scripture to several of you. But it's the story of when Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt. And this whole picture of Moses leading God's people out of Egypt is really a type and a shadow or a picture Remember, we talked about that picture, the picture of what could be and should be through Jesus. This is what's coming. I'm setting you free, and I'm leading you into a land of promise. So we pick up here in Numbers chapter 13. They're coming up to the land of promise that God had originally and it was intending them to possess right from the get-go right upon departure this was the final destination how many of you know the bible says it took them 40 years to get to this place it's actually only 11 days walking journey to get there but because of the fear of not taking the step across the line it took them 40 years to finally get to this place And as they're there, God says to Moses, he says, I want you to send out some spies. In verse 2, it says, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. I want you to hear that. The Bible says, send out spies to the land that I am giving my children. Notice it didn't say that God was thinking about it. He said, this is my intent. This is the land. This is the place. This is the part of my promise that I said I would give to you. He says, go search it out. Go spy it out. Dropping down to verse 17, it says, Then Moses sent the spies out into the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up into the mountains. I want to stop there for just a moment. Because God says, I'm giving you a land. And he says, Now, this land that I have promised you, go spy it out. But now, go this way. Did you catch those words? 
You see, God is saying, I want you to face your giants and take a step beyond that place of comfortable comfort zone and just trust me. And you say, well, God, I'll do it this way. I'll, I'll come over here and I'll try to do it my way. And God says, no, do it my way. Because in doing it my way is where the promise is. Doing it my way is where the reward is. But isn't that how we do it? We bargain with God. God, I'm afraid. Can I just do it halfway, God? And God says, do it this way. Do it this way. And then we continue to see here in verse 20. He says, I want you to go check out the land. He said, I want you to check whether the land is good or if it's bad, if its cities are inhabited or the land, the camps, if it's like a camp or if it's a stronghold. The verse 20, it says, whether the land is rich or poor, whether there are fortresses there or not, be of courage and bring some fruit from the land. So notice what he says there. He says, now, do it this way. Go spy out the land. And then he says, now, be encouraged. Be encouraged. So that tells me that you're going to have the opportunity to want to back out. To say, God, it's too big. It's too much. I can't do it that way, God. But he says, be of courage. I've got your back. But God, it looks scary. It looks impossible. Be of courage. I got your back. But God, I've never been here before. Be of courage. I got your back. But God, now I've got your back. Be of courage. Then the Bible says in verse 25 here in the same chapter, it says, They returned from spying out the land for 40 days. Now, the Bible says that there were 12 spies. There was Joshua and Caleb, the leaders of the spies, and then there were 10 others. And they went and spied the land for 40 days. Now, it's interesting that it says it was for 40 days because there's two other times where we see 40-day reference. One, where Moses went up on the mountain and spent 40 days with God. Well, when he went on the mountain and spent 40 days with God, he came back with a picture of what could be and what should be. And then another time, we see Jesus going into the wilderness spending time with God and seeing a picture of what could be and should be of his whole purpose, right? But what happened at the end of Jesus' 40 days? The enemy came to tempt him. Do you remember that? So here they are in the wilderness spying out the land for 40 days. In that 40 days, they could have been of courage and strengthened themselves in the goodness of God in what they saw because of what God had said, or in those 40 days, they could have allowed the enemy to play head games with them. Boy, look at that, all that's going on down there. So let's find out what took place. In verse 27, it says, then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit. If you recall, the Bible says that they had to have a pole because of the huge cluster of grapes and pomegranates. He says, the, 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 the ten spies said, the, the land is prosperous, flows with milk and honey. Here's the byproduct of what we brought back, but then notice in verse 28, nevertheless, 
The people who dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified, very large. Moreover, moreover we saw the, the descendants of, of, of Enoch there and they're giants. So in those 40 days, did they allow the picture that God had already painted for them to become a reality or did they now start seeing the giants? They started seeing the giants in the land. They started to see the obstacles. God already said, come up to the line and just take another step. But they didn't see the promise of what God said. They began to see the giants. And then we see in verse 20, there was a different report. In verse 20, it says, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, So let's stop for just a moment. How many of you know it's a whole lot easier to hear a giant story, a scary story, a gossip story, than good news. So there, there's giants in the land. It's fortified. They're strong. And you got to know that the people started talking. Oh, my gosh. What's God doing? What's he thinking? We're all going to die. And it says that Joshua and Caleb had to silence the people. Stop it. Stop talking amongst yourselves. Let me remind you of what God said. And then look at their response here. It says, let us go up at once immediately and possess for ourselves. Possess for we are well able to overcome it. There were two that saw the picture of what could be and should be and they allowed that to become a reality and they took courage and they said, we will face the giants and we're well able to possess. Amen. But then they rebuttaled real quickly. In verse 33 it says, then they saw, uh, it says, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Enoch, and they came, uh, came from the giants. And we are like grasshoppers in our own sight, and we are grasshoppers in their sight. How many of you know that spies are going undetected? So the giants never knew that they were there, but the Bible says that they started talking so much that the picture that they saw was that we are grasshoppers in their sight. And in the eyes of the giants, we are grasshoppers. See, the giants got in their head. They come up to the line to see the promise of God. The, the, the promise was right there, but they saw the giant. And it held them back. Are you here this morning? God says, you're well able. Then we go on to see just a little bit later, the Bible says that God said, because you didn't face the giant, you won't enter the land. Only Joshua and Caleb and those that are 20 years and younger, because they faced the giant. God's doing some new things in this church. And when I say some new things, I'm talking about you. God's desiring to take us past the line. He's wanting to stretch you and to show you not only what could be, what should be, and what He desires for your life, but He's saying, are you willing to face the giants in your life and take that step? You might say, well, what's my giant in my life? Maybe your giant is just coming to church. 
Man, it's hard going to church. Maybe that's your giant. And God's saying, face it. Because when you face the giant, there's reward on the other side of it. When you get to church, you say, well, I come to church, pastor. Well, then maybe your giant is just to lift your voice and start singing and worshiping God. Well, I'm not a good singer. Neither am I. But I make a joyful noise. And you say, well, I, th- I think you play it a little loud in here. That's the whole reason, because you sing so wonderful. <laughs> We're trying to drown you out. No, I'm just playing. Right? Maybe your giant is when you come to worship, you say, well, pastor, I sing. Well, maybe your giant is just to, oh, God, I'm going to take it a step further, and I'm going to lift my hands and worship you. And when you take that step, God says, Let me just sit on you. Let me show you my presence. Maybe your giant is just being a tither. It's like, oh God, that's so hard. Step across the line and just dare to believe, dare to see God do of what could be and what should be. Amen? God is taking us on this journey together. He's saying, be of good courage. Let's face the giants. Let's purpose to run this race together. We're stepping into some new days. And I'm telling you, I don't know if you can sense it. But there's just a hunger within the church. And if we allow ourselves to continue to be hungry, it will become contagious to those around you. The Bible says this. I believe it's, oh, is it in Ezekiel or maybe it's Isaiah. The Bible says that there were waters that were coming from the temple. It said there were waters that were running out into the road. There were waters that were ankle deep. There were waters that were knee deep. Waters that were waist deep. Waters to swim in. I've known some people in my life that haven't known how to swim. And just the idea of being in water, such as a lake, brings anxiety, even if it's ankle deep, waist deep. Because there's always the question of what ifs, just a little bit further. But God says, listen, I want you to come into waters that aren't ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. I want you to take the plunge into waters to swim in and if you'll just trust God face your giant God will encourage you and reveal all that he has in store maybe you're here this morning and your giant is your marriage you're saying I have been wanting to give up forever I've wanted to throw in the towel Maybe it's just stepping across the line and purposing to walk in love that is just what is needed to rescue the marriage. You might say, why does it have to be me? Why not you? Why not just take the step yourself and face the giant? Maybe it's fear concerning money. Why don't you face the giant and just say, God, I'm going to trust you. Maybe it's physical health within your body. Maybe it's mental anguish or depression. Why don't you just take the step and say, God, I trust you, and I place it in your hands. And allow God to produce the promise. 
Because he said right from the beginning of the story, he says, go to the land that I've promised you. It's yours. It's just a waiting. But will you take the step? Can we stand? With every head bowed and every eye closed. I just trust that by the Holy Spirit that as I ministered, it ministered to your heart someplace, somewhere, somehow. We all have giants that are holding us back. Things that we're afraid to face. Things that are holding us back. It's not about what somebody said, but it's about what you believe. And I want to challenge you this morning to face that giant. Just as you heard this morning the song that says, I give myself away. In fact, guys, could you just play that riff? I give myself away. Sorry to throw a monkey wrench. They're pros, though. They know exactly how to do that. We sang that song, I give myself away. Would you just dare right now to make this your morning? That you say, God, I give myself away. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never said, God, I give you me. I surrender my heart and my life to Jesus. Then today's a day that you can face that giant once and for all. You might be saying, but you don't know what I've done. Listen, it don't matter what you've done because Jesus paid the price for you to face that giant this morning and say, I will receive the promise of God. Maybe you're here this morning and you've struggled with different things in your life and you said, I I've wanted to give that to God, but I just can't let loose. Right now, face the giant and say, I'm facing the giant, stepping across the line, and I am giving that away. Once you give it away, you don't have to worry about where it goes. Let Him handle it and just cast your cares on Him. Maybe you're here this morning and you said, man, I so desire to have a relationship with God, to know Him personally. But it seems like it's been so hard and so difficult. Let's face the giant and say, God, I give you me. Amen. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to that giant in your life in just a moment. But in the next minute, I want us just to sing that song, I Give Myself Away. And you make it your song. And see yourself stepping across that line. See what could be, but not only what could be, but what should be. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. Give myself away, give myself away, give my to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life